Hey y'all. Hey, so have a little bit of information for y'all today. Nothing major. We're gonna talk about um I look crazy. Look at my hair. This piece is on its own, doing what it wanna do. This will not completely lay down, but doesn't matter. Okay? It's the information that counts. <laughs> okay, so let me pin something in the chat really quick. I might set this phone up somewhere though um what do i want to put in the chat mm, okay who you pick um for your birth team because this is really applies to whether you are going the obgyn route which i'm not gonna recommend or if you're going uh, the midwife route, which I do recommend. And also, if you're interviewing doulas, um, shoot, lactation consultants, whoever you choose to be in the room at your birth, that is your birthing team. So who you pick for your birthing team matters. That is huge. It's going to make or break how your uh, labor goes. Hey, sis, thanks for joining it's going to make or break how your labor goes, but also a lot of issues that we have during our labor carry over to postpartum. So a lot of times when moms are not happy with the type of birth that they had, they some like in different ways, some of those feelings come out during postpartum. So we want to try to avoid that as much as possible by having happy pregnancies and happy labors. So let us get started let me see what's popping with this chair if you're gonna help me or not okay so of course like always i know right we always think about that stuff um afterwards whether we want to or not like whoo yeah it always carries over to our postpartum so of course i have a couple of notes here y'all hey Denise, what you doing girl um Bear, are you okay? Yeah. Okay. So, the first thing on my list is your birth plan. Like, a lot of people, like, have birth plan templates. They're really super easy to find on Google and whatnot. Your, um, your internet can basically help you with a birth, get a birth plan template. But the way I view birth plans is really not for you to just be like, oh, let me fill this out. I'm going to drop it off to everybody at the hospital like no that's not gonna work like that and yesterday during my live when i was talking about um choosing where you get your childbirth education from like the class you take a lot of times when we go to the classes at the hospital it's really just a class about what they will allow you to do so it's the same with the birth plan. There's absolutely no point in dropping off your birth plan with them if they gonna be looking like girl no like my doula instructor always said that uh how does she phrase it she said the places that need that you will need a birth plan the most is where it won't matter but the places you don't need a birth plan you just it won't matter because you you won't need it they're going to be free and open to whatever you want to do they're going to be following your lead they're going to notice that this is your birth and that they not in charge of your birth okay so your birth plan is still very important though to you and mostly 
It's about knowing what you want and how you want your labor to go. So that's why I always start moms off with the birth plan, just so I can get a, kind of get a visual. Because for me, I'm just, I'm just your doula. I hate to say like, oh, just your doula. That sounds like minimizing myself. But you know what I mean? Like, I'm your doula. Like, obviously, I'm going to follow the flow of what you want your birth to look like. So for me, yeah, I'd be wanting to see y'all birth plans. But when it comes to picking your provider, they, this is somebody you should be picking that's already in a line with what you want. Hey, y'all. Thanks for coming in. Hey. Um, so, yeah, the, you should be picking someone that's already, like, in alignment with that without you even having to hand them the piece of paper that's your birth plan, right? So, always start off knowing exactly what you want to get out of your birth because how your birth goes is going to set the tone for your postpartum, right? So, Start off with filling out a birth plan template. If you need access to a birth plan template, I have one that's really good and like up to date or whatever. So just DM me. I can send you that. So fill out your birth plan. That's all about knowing what you want, giving you all of your options. Right. And um, just know that with any birth plan template you find online or any of that, there's always more options. So really, the template is just to get you to start kind of thinking about some stuff. Like start thinking about some stuff, start visualizing some stuff, and then be feel free to ask more questions on outside of the birth plan template and to do research um outside of that as well. So it's not just stuck in, oh, this is what the piece of paper said, that's what it's gonna be. No. But it's all about knowing what you want first because nobody can help you during your birth. During your uh, pregnancy, during your postpartum, nobody can help you if you don't even know what you want. So that is what makes the birth plan important. Now, don't show it to anybody else. I would honestly say like if it's something that's really personalized to you, I would say don't show it to anybody at all. Like obviously I'm thirsty and I'll be wanting to know. I'll be wanting to see y'all birth plans, but don't show it to people because people will plant seeds of doubt in you that you don't need to be hearing right now. You do not need to be hearing that. Like, I would literally keep it to myself except for when it comes to making these interview questions that we're going to talk about. So when it comes to interviewing your provider, you're going to need the birth plan. But as far as handing it out to, oh, my... uh mother-in-law oh my cousin gonna be there oh let me just give it all to them because they're gonna be reading they're gonna be like girl are you sure and this is where all the seeds of doubt come and you just don't want to even deal with that so you don't have to share your birth plan with anybody to be honest to be honest sister portia hey girl um yeah so that's something personal for you to get a clear visual of what you want and it also helps when you are visualizing during your pregnancy how your labor and stuff is going to go that's also going to help you as well so get the birth plan template fill it out that's the first step right um and then the next step is going to be to keep it private but we're going to use this template to interview your provider so when i say interview what do i mean like I do not mean like, oh, set up appointments with everybody that that's on your insurance list and go in there and start drilling them with questions. That's not what I mean. That's not what I mean. I feel like that's a little bit of how people take it. But I mean, it's cool. You can do that. But I would say you want to do more of like a sneaky type of interview. Um, so that way they don't kind of just write you off 
Or one or two things can happen. They could either write you off like, oh, I don't even want to deal with this person. Or they could um, like basically tell you what you want to hear. They could just kind of cater to you, what you're saying and be like all on board, like fake on board until the, the time actually comes for them to be on board. And now they're going to switch it up because, oh, well, hospital policy. So, yes, you want to sneak interview people. OK, so that means like setting up appointments. Don't let them know like, oh, I got, you know, other people that I'm that I'm meeting with, too. Like, don't let them know that. It's a need-to-know basis only, literally. Need-to-know. So you go into your appointments, you have in your mind, not on a piece of paper. You've already written out your birth plan. You've already went over it for yourself. And now you have in the back of your mind what you want your birth to look like. So you can go into the doctor's office, and this is just examples because I'm not reading nobody's birth plan right now. Hey, Q. But um, you're going to go in there and be like, so... Do you guys usually do um, continuous fetal monitoring or do you guys just come in like with the Doppler every now and then and just see what they say? See what they say to that. And then always. OK, so you want to be in a state of curiosity. You don't want to be in a state of an actual like interviewer interrogation type thing. You want to just be curious. So go into these appointments just curious. So do you think like do a lot of women walk around while they're in labor? Um, on the labor and delivery floor, are we able to walk around? Do people sit on the birthing ball during labor? Um, do you guys automatically do Pitocin? Like you want to ask in a curious way where you're going to get the correct answer because they're going to be like, they're, they're thinking you're just, oh, you don't know better and you're just trying to learn. So they're going to be like, oh yeah, we always get Pitocin, you know, postpartum or no women can't use the birthing ball because they're hooked up to too many things and like whatever they're gonna answer these questions more honestly if you're going in just being curious okay so it's a sneaky interview you're curious you're asking curious questions um and you want to do a minimum of three providers that's like the minimum now if you feel like on a first interview you found that person like oh my god they're so perfect the way they answer these questions there's no red flags um i want to stick with this person still go see the other two people but if you've seen all three people and you're like man like i don't know i do got you know this person who's better than the other two but i'm still unsure about this person then keep going like that's why it's good to start as early as possible versus waiting to the last minute to start interrogating these people sneaky curious interrogating though like but it's it's better to just start off your first appointment, get to know that doctor. How do you do things? Um, you know, do I get your phone number at a certain time in my pregnancy? How would I alert you if something's wrong? If I have an emergency, who do I talk to? Um, anything like that. Like you want to get those questions out of the way early. And I'm not saying like the very first appointment should be all 100%. You ask all 100% of your questions, but you can get the most important ones, at least three to five good important questions that you're very going to be curious about okay but also those three to five questions will make or break whether you want to stick around or not because if it is somebody that you're like okay i might be kind of like on board with you then you can ask more questions at the next appointment and more questions at the next appointment but use those first three to five those are the make or break ones 
where you're like, look, if they not on board with uh, intermediate monitoring, then I don't, I don't even got no business being in here. Okay, so then you know, exit them off your list. So minimum of three providers. That goes for your OBGYN, which I don't recommend, but I know mostly people are going to these people. I don't know why, because if you follow me, I really don't know why. Um, whether that's for like pregnancy or not, like if you're a woman, you need to be seeing a midwife. So if that's for whatever type of doctor and also your doula, you want to interview at least three of those too. See who you click with. If you click with the first one really well, interview two more. Interview two more so that way you know for sure. There's no doubts. There's no ifs, ands, and maybes later down the road. Like, oh man, maybe I should have kept looking for doulas. Or maybe I should have interviewed a couple more. So there's no ifs down the road. Now the last thing I want to talk to y'all about. See, I'm making this kind of quick. But... The last thing I want to talk to y'all about is red flags. So red flags can be anything like when they say, oh, well, let's just wait and see what happens. You never want to get that answer because, bruh, you, how many babies have you given birth to? What you mean? Like, wait and see what happens. I'm asking you a direct question. I need a direct answer. Don't let them beat around the bush with you. Oh, well, everybody's body is different. So let's just wait and see what happens. That's a beat around the bush type of question. And when you're in labor, they know that when I'm in labor, uh, these questions are not going to come back up. I'm not going to be doing too much back and forth with you because, bro, I'm in labor. So it's like um, they feel like they can if they can get away with it now, then you, you're you going to let it slide later, too. Especially <laughs> like if you're going to let it slide during your pregnancy, you are especially going to let it slide during your labor. So definitely don't. Hey, D. Thomas, what's going on? Um, what's the other thing I was going to say? Oh, another red flag would be like, oh, uh, well, it's just hospital policy. I just, it's just hospital policy. Oh, okay. Well, then that's like, that's a direct answer, but that's a direct red flag as well. Like, no. Okay. Well, cool. Let me move around because, um, there's honestly hospital policies can be tricky, but there's no hospital policy that should go over, uh, a human's autonomy like everybody's different so you can't set one hospital policy for the entire population like that can get dangerous really quickly because everybody's bodies are different so how can you set one rule for everybody that doesn't that don't make sense to me that don't make sense you know what i just noticed instagram took off that feature where you could like people comments i could have sworn i was just liking people comments yesterday did y'all notice that or is that only on my end i'm seeing that that's a little bit weird, but okay. I guess that's uh that's what we got going on now, or maybe I need to update my app again. Um, but anyway, um, honestly, another red flag. This uh, this doesn't have to anything to do with interviewing them, exactly. But another red flag is when now my air conditioner gonna be loud, but is when they offer you vaccines. <laughs> I'm sorry. None of them are tested to be safe. Walaikum salam, Sister Victoria. Um, none of them are tested to be safe during pregnancy. So if my doctor recommends that to me, especially if they recommend it, like they double back after you say no and recommend it at another appointment, like, bro, I'm really questioning your ability to think, to, to do any type of critical thinking. I'm, I'm questioning. Like, seriously. Um, you never want to get someone that's so wrapped up in their training 
and they never think outside of it. So that's another thing that is a red flag that if they're not even open to thinking outside of their training, because a training is just that they're going to train you. So any type of job you get, they're going to train you exactly how they want the job done. So if I use an example of like, okay, being a server, their training is that you go up to the table first, greet them, offer them drinks first, because obviously they want them to actually buy drinks. But me, with my years of serving, I know that folks are going to want water while they're looking at the menu. So usually I'm greeting tables, knocking two birds and one stone. I'm going to hand out these waters. Hey, how's everybody doing? I know you guys might have some questions for me soon. Uh, let me know if you do, but if you want, I'll give you more time to look over your menu. So that way, don't even ask me for water, bro, because I know you're going to ask. But the training says to greet them first, ask if they want any drinks, and then go from there. If they want drinks, they're going to let you know. But I know for a fact they're going to be like, yeah, can we start off with some water? So I'm able to think outside of the training because I know how things go. So it's the same with doctors. Like they're trained to work a certain way and to follow their hospital policies. Like it's black and white. These are our policies. Follow them. But I need my doctor to be, I guess, a little bit rebellious in that way. That you're going to be willing to treat me like an individual and not just like a herd of people that y'all been taking care of. Okay, so there's that. That's a red flag. So what to do next if you notice any red flags? This is actually my last point. I know I said the red flags was the last point, but this is actually my last point. What to do next if you notice any red flags? Keep looking. Keep looking. Because what else are you going to do? You're going to accept some red flags and, um, you know, be traumatized during your birth. It's not worth it. So what I would say, I want to, I wanted to kind of make this a conversation too about funding, because if funding is really an option, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, if funding is really the issue of why we're not receiving the care that we deserve, then I, I think I need to do a whole lot just based off funding, how to find the funding for what you actually want, because why are we settling for mistreatment? based off some money like money that, that part is going to come and go your money is always going to fluctuate throughout the year it's going to come and go it's not ever going to be like set in stone um i can only spend this amount but guess what your mental health and how you feel after your experience you're going to live with that for the rest of your life you're going to live with that for the rest of your life that's why i always say like oh you think home births are too expensive but sis like how much is the therapy going to be like, how much is it going to be to get over these things that they put you through? It's just not worth it. And yeah, you can get over it. I was in some traumatic situations where, but honestly, even right now to this day, I still cringe just hearing the word episiotomy. Like, why? Why? It's so unnecessary, but you still chose to do that. And then I have to take accountability. Really big on taking accountability. I chose that doctor. I chose to just go with the flow, pick someone that pick someone that was inside my insurance plan. And at that time I was really young, so I didn't know no red flags at all. I didn't have nobody on live talk about what red flags to look for. So yeah, gotta move forward with that after the fact, but you don't have to do that because there's too much information out here. 
it's too many people like me that's willing to like just help you through the entire process step by step this is what you should do first this is what you do second this is what you should do third so if you notice any type of red flags during those appointments hey y'all thanks for coming in if you notice any type of red flags during those appointments I just would advise you to keep looking and to uh, want better for yourself. But when it comes to like funding on these options that are outside of your medical plan, like we have to start thinking a little bit outside of the box. Instead of throwing a baby shower, which costs money for you to throw, getting the food, getting the decorations, getting the uh, event space. Sometimes people be wanting big fancy chairs. Bruh, instead of spending all that money on your baby shower, create a registry. Um, everyone that's asking to come to your baby shower or if you're going to throw one, whatever, send them in the registry and on the registry, it has some of my essential needs. And then also please donate to my fund for my midwife, for my home birth, please donate to this. Or maybe that's the only thing you need, honestly, because you're going to go to the baby shower. You're going to get a bunch of onesies and diapers and like you're gonna be filled up with those things but then you're not gonna have what you actually needed for your mental health which is um a labor and birth that suited what you wanted to begin with okay so just a little recap when it comes to interviewing your providers you want to start off with a birth plan because that is going to tell you what you want okay so everybody needs to go based off of what mom wants this is her body her baby and it's gonna give you a sense of control but what's the other thing what's the other word i'm not thinking of right now i want to say like a victory like it feels like a victory afterwards right when you give birth like you feel empowered why well, I couldn't think of that. Okay, yeah. It's going to give you that empowerment that you need postpartum as well. So birth plan, knowing exactly what you want. Don't share this birth plan with anyone. Don't hand out no pieces of paper of birth plans. Don't do that. But use your birth plan to list out some questions that are like uh, non-negotiables for you. These are my non-negotiables. So now I'm going to set up appointments with three different providers and ask them all of my non-negotiables within that first appointment. So that way I know if I should even set a second appointment with you. So it should be at least a minimum of three providers. And then three to five questions of your non-negotiables. Okay. And then listen for any red flags. Any type of beating around the bush. Or oh let's wait and see what happens. Oh that's hospital policy. Like that's just a red flag. Accept it. You know, it is what it is. You might love this doctor. Y'all clicked. But as soon as she, you ask her about intermediate monitoring and she says, oh, what's well, just hospital policy? We have to we have to just continuously monitor. You. OK, like th this is the other thing I want you all to think about, because I know like we get into <laughs> I don't put the book down. I know we get into the mind frame of like doctors know what's best. And, uh, you know, they're highly trained in these situations and all of that. Uh, I want to give you this. So doctors are working 12 to 18 hour shifts. Um, then they sleep, right? And then they might even have a family outside of that. When do you think they have time within those 24 hours every single day to listen to a podcast, to read up on new research, to listen to new evidence on these things that are actually hurting us? That's one thing to think about. 
Like, I, I just give them the benefit of the doubt because I know you you got a lot going on. Y'all busy. Y'all don't have time to listen to the amount of podcasts that I've listened to. Evidence-Based Birth Podcast is one that I would definitely recommend. That's probably about the only one that I listen to when it comes to actual studies and people actually doing the research on are these things helpful for us or are they harming us? So definitely, if you're not already listening to them, they're on YouTube. Uh, the Google Podcast, Apple Podcast app, listen to evidence-based birth podcast. They will literally give you all the statistics on is continuous monitoring leading to more C-sections? Because they are. So if your doctor is saying, oh, that's just hospital policy and that's just what we do, your next question should be, okay, what is the percentage of women that end up in cesarean sections? And see what's, what's their answer on that. And honestly, anything over, shoot, I'll even give you 10%. Anything over 10, like, no, no. You're either going to let me take control of my birth or I can't give birth here. That's a lot. Right now, the CDC says that uh, cesareans that were supposed to happen, people that actually needed cesareans is 3%. 3%. But America's rate right now is 31%. So that's a huge gap from the 3%. So why are all of these women getting cesareans and thinking that they needed it? (laughs) And thinking that they needed it. Oh, it was an emergency. My baby's heart rate was dropping. Yeah. Everybody's heart rate drops when a uterus is squeezing them out. Like, yeah, it's supposed to. It's supposed to. So... Just ask those type of questions. If you are any any type of like uh, not knowing where to start, like I said, feel free to DM me. Like, let's get you started on the birth plan template first and then book a consultation. We'll, I will literally give you questions based off your birth plan on what you should ask your providers. And then I expect you to interview at least three of them. Okay. And have your non-negotiables ready. So that's about it for today, y'all. That's all I got for today. I might have some energy after I take a nap to come back a little bit later and talk about the funding for what we actually need. But it is what it is. Uh, We have to just take more control over our bodies and the way we get birth. So, yeah. If there's no questions at all for me, I'm about to get up out of here, y'all. What is y'all doing? Because y'all been quiet. Y'all must be listening while y'all driving or something. What y'all doing? Assalamu alaikum, brother Daniel. Hey, I don't know how to say your name. Bangit. Bangit, I think. Hey, y'all. So what y'all got going on besides this? Good hair and body. Hey. No questions at all for me. I think I went over all my little points, too. That is a really huge thing, too, that I wish I would have known while I was pregnant. That you can actually choose. It's not up to the insurance company to choose who helps you deliver or birth your baby. Um, It's up to the mom. So, yeah. Oh, just seen notification. Yeah, I'm surprised because Instagram hates me. So, I'm surprised. Hey, girlfriend. All right, y'all. Peace out.